Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our members of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position, along with your favorite beverage, to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience of Smith Weekly, including Jeff S., Todd A., Gordon S., and Paul M. On the program today is a new guest of a returning company. Mr. Craig Stenke is joining us. Craig is the founder of Recon Energy Africa, a Namibian-focused conventional oil exploration company with exploration grounds in the Kavango Basin, northeast Namibia. Recon Africa is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol RECO and also on the US OTC markets under the symbol RECAF. Mr. Stenke, welcome to the program. How are you? Doing well, Andrew. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invite. Absolutely, Craig. First time on the podcast, so welcome. And Craig, how about uh, your position on oil prices here? Your outlook, global oil prices, situation in oil markets. What are your thoughts looking ahead here? I'll just take it back to even 2019. The reason why I decided to take uh, Recon Africa public in 2019 is because I became you know, very positive or bullish on uh, medium and long-term prospects for oil and, and natural gas. And uh, so I've been bullish on both commodities since early, you know, 2018, 2019, and uh, continue to, you know, to hold that, that outlook. You know, a lot of this is why we're seeing robust natural gas and oil prices is, is a lot of it is political, where there's ill-conceived energy policies that have quelled the exploration for oil and gas to the point where it's driving energy prices higher. And I think you're going to continue to see that. You know, those pressures are helping oil prices move higher. And I'm afraid to say oil is going to be with us for quite some time. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's uh, it's often overlooked as something that's going to be dead tomorrow. And that's just not the case at all. It'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few months here, but uh, I suspect uh, it's going to be pretty healthy on those prices. And with that, uh, maybe some renewed interest as uh, people start to see the real outlook for it. Let's get into uh, recon here. Initial seismic results, um, the company's put out a little bit of news on that and more is forthcoming, I believe. Talk about the interpretation of those results, initial results thus far, Craig, and what can investors expect in the first quarter with regards to an upcoming drill program and the potential targets based on those results? Andrew, we we just shot the first seismic program ever conducted in the Kavango Basin in on the Namibia side, and that comprises 450 kilometers of two-dimensional seismic. So it's very much a regional shoot because it's you know the the license area in Namibia is 6.3 million acres um, and 2.2 over in Botswana collectively 8.5. But we're just focusing. The seismic on in Namibia right now, and and so a regional shoot, 450 um, kilometers of seismic, and we we have the results of that. We issued the preliminary results in I believe it was late November. It's just the seismic as supports our original geologic premises that this is the Kavango Basin is separate from the Owambo Basin. The Kavango Basin is a rift basin, and important to know that rift basins are responsible or host you know approximately 50 percent of the world's oil and gas production 
And uh, so given in rift basins typically give rise to, um, you know, a lot of structural stratigraphic traps uh, that hold uh, hydrocarbons. And that's exactly what we're seeing. So the seismic importantly has proven, supported our um, original geologic premises that this is a rift basin. So that's very important. And then some of the seismic lines are on our corporate presentation, which is on our website. And you, it proves that there's a lot of stratigraphic and structural features uh, to trap, you know, which create, which are trapping mechanisms for hydrocarbons. So it's, um, uh, we're now just refining the seismic and uh, selecting drilling locations for an upcoming drilling campaign in the first half of 2022. And we believe that uh, this drilling campaign, Andrew, will be key to uh, commercializing the basin. So it, this is probably the most exciting time in the evolution of Recon Africa and the um, Kavango Basin. Craig, talk about what the plan is from here and some of the new audience that haven't heard about this story or are tuning in or, or are still looking at it. Talk about the sequence of next events for the company and what you plan to accomplish this year, 2022. Well, for people who are just new to Recon Africa, I think it's important to know that we've discovered a new sedimentary basin in northeast Namibian, northwest Botswana. And we've been able to, because we were first in, we've discovered it, we were able to license the entire sedimentary basin, 8.5 million acres, which is it's almost the size of Switzerland. So it's a, and what's so unique about it is one little company Recon Africa holds the rights to the entire sedimentary basin. And there's just, that I'm aware of, there's nothing like that in the industry right now. So, um, you know, if we can commercialize the basin, you know, this, it's very, very extremely high impact opportunity. Again, we're, we've, we've um, going back to last spring, we're, uh, because there were, were no wells drilled in the basin, again, brand new basin, uh, nobody knew was there. We decided to drill the first two wells into the basin. We bought our own rig, uh, had it refurbed in, in Houston, brought it over to Namibia you know, this time last year, spud the first well, first of two wells. And in April of 2021, we proved that there was an active petroleum system in the, um, in the Kavango Basin by way of light oil and high BTU gas. So that was a, a big success, and uh, we followed that up with the seismic that we just talked about. Now the, the seismic is enabling us to drill into seismically defined traps, which again is going to be very, very key to commerciality. Simultaneous with this drilling program, we are uh, going to enter into joint venture negotiations. Uh, we feel that uh, it's going to be a very robust activity. I think there's going to be lots of good interest in this basin. Uh, the Namibian government is extremely supportive of this operation. You know, there's a lot of activity going on offshore Namibia in deep water. You've got Shell, Total, Exxon Mobil, etc., drilling offshore. And as a matter of fact, actually, it was just—it's still very preliminary. But yesterday, there was an announcement that Shell has discovered light oil in the Cretaceous. Um, which is one of the zones of interest in their um, offshore well that they're drilling right now. So that's good for Namibia. It's good for Shell. I mean, that's great news. And it shows that it's an indication that there's undiscovered petroleum systems in Namibia by way of 
uh, Recon Africa's discovery in the Kabango and now offshore. So that's all very positive, but deep water offshore wells, they're about 10 years to, com uh, 10 years to commerciality on average. Whereas we believe if we're successful in proving commerciality with this upcoming drilling program, the first half of 2022, we can be producing oil and gas you know, within about, uh, say, mid-2023. It's very exciting for the Namibian government because you know, they, along with Botswana, are, suffer from energy poverty. The size of the Kavango has enough impact to, you know, to change that for both countries. They can be, they can be um, self-sufficient in energy and be even exporting energy. So a lot of support from the government. Craig, when do you expect to see some of those exploration program results come out? If you're going to get underway, maybe by the end of the first quarter, do you think news will start to come into the market second quarter? Or do you see third quarter? What's the time frame investors can expect to see results? Yeah, we'd expect results second and third quarter. Let's say third quarter this year, on or before the third quarter, definitely. How about uh, to the capital structure here, Craig? Uh, where are we on shares outstanding at the company? Uh, tell us about the cash on hand and also the major shareholders. Certainly. Well, we have about $41 million today in cash. Uh, so we've got enough capital to conduct the drilling program and, uh, and another round of seismic. We own our own drilling rig. We have no debt. We can drill these wells uh, you know, significantly cheaper than contracting it out because we own our own rig. Uh, with regards to shares outstanding, we have 187 million shares outstanding. That's uh, the basic fully diluted 214 million. The share price is is around six dollars and forty cents. So I think that gives us about it's a little over a, a little over a billion dollar market cap. Um, and again, no debt. Major shareholders uh, are largely uh, management, including myself and um, a very supportive investment bank in Canada, Haywood Securities. Uh, they hold on behalf of their clients. They hold a lot of shares as well. How about future funding here? I know you guys got some good capital there to, to see you through 2022, most likely here, but uh, talk about future funding. When do you see that occurring potentially? I know it's dependent on maybe some of the ground success. Do you see it'll be conventional financing or do you think it'll be perhaps a JV this time? Well, given that we're, we are entering into joint venture negotiations, I think that that's gonna play, cash will play a role in those joint venture negotiations have uh, been successful in the past on joint venturing properties and as a part of that structure taking in cash from joint venture partners that'll be high high on our list of uh, priorities so that in conjunction with the capital we have in the treasury that should supply us with a fair amount of capital craig and with regards to botswana uh, you know i know the focus right now is in Namibia. that's uh, the core focus for the company do you see that botswana is going to get some attention in 2023 do you see that botswana is uh, some work for some jv partners um, where does botswana fit in at this point well it's it's all part of the you know the botswana lands are all part of the same basin it's just as prospective as namibia is as far as we're concerned We've had the Namibian licenses since uh, early 2015, and uh, so there, you know, we've got work commitments, which of course we're we're dealing with, and we've we've actually exceeded in in Namibia. Um, the the lands in Botswana, we received June, we were granted those the license 
uh, in June 2020. So we're just getting started in Botswana. We've, we're conducting um, stakeholder presentations right now, uh, you know, providing good information to the local people as to exactly what the operation is and what it, what it isn't. So we're doing a lot of that groundwork right now with regards to like, drilling operations, seismic operations, that's being conducted in Namibia. And we're, we're really focused on commercializing the basin in Namibia first. We've seen environmental groups like Discovery have been critical of Recon Africa and its work in Namibia. What would you say to these groups who hold out that Recon Africa is not good for communities and goods and operates, that it doesn't enhance local environment, and that it's not good for Namibia? What would you say about that? Yes, it's easy to say that oil and gas is not detrimental in many ways, but it's easy to say that when you have it, you know, <laughs> you know, you can get up in the morning and flick a light on and it's uh, um, your house is warm in the winter and use natural gas or electricity powered by natural gas to cook your, you know, your, your meals. But when you don't have that, it's, um, you know, having hydrocarbons uh, is a lot more compelling, you know, especially if you're sitting on a big source of hydrocarbons. Just going from memory, I think that 62 or 64 percent of Namibians are um, suffer from or below the poverty line. Half of the inhabitants, half of the citizens in Namibia, don't have power. They don't have electricity. They're still cooking their, uh, you know, their breakfast, lunch, and dinner on an open fire. It's the only heat that they have. There's a long walk to water in the Kavango region in Namibia. Some of the, largely the women, have to walk up to 10 kilometers a day just to um, just to have enough water, you know, to provide for their families. I mean, what an arduous task that is. I mean, the, the community, particularly the Kavango region, it's the second most populated area in all of Namibia, but it's by far the poorest. And they need some, they need economic activity. They need jobs. Not only jobs, they need heat, they need electricity. And if there's oil and gas in the, and on commercial levels in the Kavango, I think it's their right and their government's right to be able to produce it. It's interesting that you know some of these parties think that this area should remain private playgrounds for certain groups, and there's no benefit to it, right? And the fact of the matter is, is uh, petroleum products are very important, and then also beyond the use for exports, the economic subsidence that is available in Namibia through mining and through oil and gas and through natural resource development because quite frankly, Craig, I'm not quite sure what else uh, you're going to be able to do to have that type of economic profile if you're not going to have a responsible mining program in the country, a responsible oil and gas program, etc. I'm not sure what else can replace that. I can tell you it's not going to be safaris and some tourist activities. This brings me into the ESG component as well, Craig. Um, some of the initiatives that you guys have done and probably plan to do as the company grows here or, you know, is successful. Any comments on specific work that Recon Africa is doing at the people, environment, and country levels in terms of, you know, water, land set aside, uh, potentially natural gas power plants that are mobile? What types of things are you guys working on? love to talk about the EST program, but I would just like to take you back to the, um, uh, you know, acceptance of fossil fuels. Um, I, you know, just, uh, I think that 
you know, transition is just a, you know, it's a lot longer word than a lot of, uh, a lot of people uh, want to believe it is. And, and I think a, a good indication of that is that, that the politics I'm seeing now, the politics are becoming a, more aligned with reality where, uh, and a good example of that is December 31st or New Year's Eve of 2021, the EU now admits that nuclear and natural gas are part of the energy solution. And to where nuclear and natural gas are now on the list or the taxonomy for classifying eligible green investments. Um, because, of, you know, I think this is precipitated by what's going on with energy prices in Europe right now. I mean, it's reality and politics are now becoming better aligned. Uh, so anyway, having said that, uh, that's just kind of a new piece of information here. Um, but with regards to our ESG program, which is very, very important to the company, we have for an exploration company, I think we're, I don't know if anybody, if you, you see this elsewhere, but we're, we're in the exploratory phase right now. And we have, we have committed 10 million Canadian dollars to an ESG program in the Cabango Basin. And that largely comprises better education for the kids in the Cabango region for the children. They, they normally kind of plateau at grade, at grade eight. And you know, then they, the girls have the hall water and the boys are working in the fields. Um, we're working with the two governors of East and West Cabango to help children continue on, continue with their education right up to grade 12 and then beyond to university. So that's part of our ESG program. Um, another part is wildlife. Um, what a lot of people don't realize, Andrew, is in people who have never been to the Cabango region, as a result of uh, generational poverty where uh, bushmeat is high on the list of priorities of families who live in the rural districts, which you know can't be any surprise, as well as um, illegal sale of animal parts or AKA uh, poaching. The combination of the two has pretty much decimated the wildlife in here. So we're Recon Africa, you know, certainly can't be the panacea to the problem, but we can certainly, if we're able to commercialize the basin, we can certainly help. And so what we've done is we have, as part of our ESG program, we've hired a wildlife team headed up by a former park warden and ranger to start by just identifying what wildlife remains in the area. And I think we feel that that's a good start. And then, you know, how do we, there are ways to bring wildlife back. It's been done before and we're convinced unequivocally that it can be replicated in, in the Cabango region. Um, so that's part of our ESG program. But as I'd mentioned earlier, the big part of it is that, you know, it's just a tragic situation where the Cavango region is blessed with a very prolific freshwater aquifer that ranges 80 to 160 meters below the surface. But, you know, these wells to drill and, and uh, complete them, water wells, are $40,000 US. And, and sadly, the average family and village in the Cabango region, they just don't have that financial wherewithal to drill, to drill these water wells. Uh, so they have to walk up to 10 kilometers a day. And again, it's the women largely who do this and preoccupies their day. They can only do it for so long that, you know, it contorts the muscles, breaks down their spine. They can't. And so it gets handed off to the younger girls, the teenage girls, they have to quit school. And, you know, this generational poverty just continues. So we've embarked on a recognizing this problem, working with the local and, 
and national governments, we've embarked on a water well, community water well drilling program. We've now drilled 14. Our goal is to drill 22 and water wells, and we're going to get that done this year. And if we're able to commercialize the basin, you can bet we will be drilling a lot more water wells. Craig, I appreciate some color on that. And when these types of things are executed on and discussed uh, from a company standpoint, that's there to do a number of things. And that includes enhancing the country, enhancing the community, finding something that's economic, and also, of course, you know, enhancing shareholders uh, as part of that, first and foremost. But these groups who go on these uh, campaigns, smear campaigns, last I checked, I'm not seeing them writing any checks. I'm not seeing them come up with programs to help the local community. I'm not sure what they're doing other than wasting people's time. Uh, you certainly don't see that type of effort coming out of some of these groups. How about uh, overall strategy, Craig? You know, as you guys move forward here, this is going to be a, a fairly big year for the company, uh, 2023 as well. What do you see in this region, in Africa? What kind of discovery size do you think is needed to attract a set of partners, key partners, and even maybe attract people looking to take over Recon Africa? What do you think is needed to really move the needle? Again, you know, we Recon Africa is in an interesting position and where it holds the rights to the entire sedimentary basin. You know, we've done our own analysis on the source rock and, you know, how much oil and gas we believe that the basin could have generated. And I'm not going to throw numbers around, but, um, you know, it's world class. The potential is world class. I mean, it is, this is a potentially a very, very large, potentially prolific basin. And um, I, I think it's a, uh, make a dramatic difference to the um, general economics of Botswana and, and Namibia. Um, with regards to joint venture partners, I think it's large enough. We have enough land over the basin. Like none of these land, none of the lands is, is necessarily extraneous. I mean, we've leased the lands over the basin itself. So I think all, you know, most of the lands are, um, are opportune. There's, so it's big enough to bring in serious joint venture partners to help us um, commercialize the basin and you know more than one partner because 8.5 million acres that is that's a lot of land and it's uh, more than one and one or two companies can um, can develop by themselves at a rapid rate certainly interesting here i mean you guys have had a fairly good run here on some expectations and some value for what you guys have there. And you and I could probably have an argument uh, and discuss more in detail of what uh, it should be worth in the market, but we'll leave that for another conversation. For potential investors who are on the sidelines listening, market cap of Recon Africa stands at about 1.2 billion Canadian. What would you say to them about considering the company at this stage and current price levels? Well, I, I think that it's, I think it's a very good time. I'll just go back to my point earlier that, you know, we've, we've really de-risked the basin. Two major, major events have occurred. We've proven that there's an active petroleum system in this basin. This is a separate, this is a rift basin and supported by our uh, seismic program that we now have the results of. It's a rift basin, and it's, you can see on the seismic that there's a lot of, there's a whole family of uh, different stratigraphic and structural traps. And uh, I think it's just the seismic proves that it's a target-rich drilling environment. And there's big structures here to drill into. So um, now 
going into 2022, the next drilling campaign, we're going to be drilling into not just proving there's an active petroleum system, which was, you know, drilling without seismic, um, just sticking a hole in the ground. We proved that there's oil and gas here, but now this time, this round of drilling, we're drilling into seismically defined traps. And if we can commercialize, prove commerciality in this next drilling program, the valuation of the company is naturally going to change significantly because we hold the rights to the entire sedimentary basin. Craig, and how about with the company size, how about uh, potential upgrades on the listing? Is there any plans in 2022 to look at a TSX listing or maybe even a Amex uh, New York Stock Exchange listing? Yeah, so it is our goal to uplist in 2022. Best way for investors to reach out to the company? Grayson is our uh, investor relations professional and he's available. His contact information is on the website, Grayson Anderson. So I would uh, start by reaching out to Grayson Anderson. He's uh, fully aware of all aspects of the company and uh, uh, that's a good start. Craig, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for the update and uh, looking forward to seeing further progress at the company. Best of luck. Okay, thanks very much. Appreciate your time.